To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Science fiction will never run out of things to wonder about until the human race ceases to use its brain. Said by Julian May. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice. Right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryant, producer of Express Yourself, and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Dia Hitivali, and I am one of your hosts for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. We have an amazing show today planned all about science fiction and movies. In segment two, I will be interviewing Robert Stadnick, author of Infinite Retribution. The Exodus series. In segment three, I will be giving my favorite movies in the genres romantic dramas, classic, Disney, and action. And now I will be sharing my favorite movie recommendations in the genres of horror, chick flicks, musicals, and sci-fi. So for the past week, ever since summer began, my family has been watching a lot of movies. I'd say that my favorite movie genres at the moment are rom-com and horror, but today I will be giving movie recommendations across all genres. So for horror movies, I just want to preface this by saying that usually the horror movies I like are not super scary, but they do include a bit of comedy and are kind of lighthearted. So One of my favorite horror movies that I have recently watched is called Scream. This is a classic movie, and it's about a mass killer in a small town who plays a really twisted game with his victims by asking trivial questions and killing them when they answer it wrong. This is a classic horror movie, and I actually didn't find it to be so scary, so... If you're someone who gets really scared by horror movies, this is actually a good one to watch because the acting and stuff is quite cheesy, so it doesn't actually seem that scary. And it's kind of like a charming old-school movie. However, it is pretty gory, which usually I can't stand watching gory stuff, but this one was fine for me so because it was quite artificial and like very staged, so it wasn't really disturbing at all. The next movie is called Happy Death Day, and this movie is a lot more recent. This movie has a Groundhog Day type setup, so basically she repeats the day that the day of her murder on repeat, and the loop can only end once she discovers the identity of her masked killer. So 
I know that these types of movies that are like looped are can be pretty like irritating for some people, but personally this one wasn't that bad because it kind of changes each day even though it is a loop. And this is also really funny, so I personally didn't find it that scary. So if you're not really into super scary movies, this is another good one. And the next horror movie is called Jennifer's Body. And the main reason why I love this movie so much is because it has Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried, who are two of like one of my favorite actresses. And this is about a high school main girl who gets possessed and she gets a desire to lure guys in and kill them. And this is kind of how she survives by eating, like by killing guys. And her nerdy friend, who is Amanda Seyfried, tries to stop her. So when this movie was released, it wasn't really um, very well-received among critics, but now it has a cult following. So it's, in my opinion, I really enjoy the movie. And it's quite funny, but I feel like it also has a feminist message hidden inside. So another reason why I like it. And... The next category I'm going to be moving on to are chick flicks. So this is a classic movie and this movie was kind of one of the reasons that like made me really want to go to Harvard and it's called Legally Blonde and it's a classic chick flick and it's basically about the main character Elle Woods who is a popular sorority girl with a seemingly perfect life but after she's dumped by her boyfriend for too blonde, she tries to get into Harvard to prove to him how smart she is. And I really like this message because although the starting of it isn't that isn't really very, I guess, appealing, it's super cool how she does this just to impress her boyfriend, but she actually gets a passion for learning law and it's something that she ends up doing for herself. So it's kind of hard to understand from the message, but I think it's pretty feminist because it shows that you can still be in touch with your femininity, but also, and have like a bubbly personality, but also be super smart at the same time. Another movie that I'm going to be talking about that's a chick flick of my favorites is a 90s movie called Clueless. So it's about a ditzy main character, Cher, who isn't really the brightest but she is super rich and popular and basically the movie has a thing where she tries to do charity work and be a better person and she does this through being a matchmaker and also giving a girl a makeover so the plot for this is not amazing but the reason why I love the show, the movie so much is because of the fashion and also Cher is a really adorable character and it's just a lighthearted and fun movie. And the next chick flick is 13 Going on 30. So this is another 90s movies. And in my opinion, the 90s have the best chick flicks. And she's basically this 13-year-old who really dreams about being a put-together adult. And she really wants a boyfriend. So magically, she transforms into a 30-year-old. And she's kind of like a bit... Like, it's kind of a funny movie, and I really like it because it's very cute and simple, and I also love the fashion sense from the 90s, and I think it's just a pretty fun movie to watch. So, now I'm going to be talking about musicals. So, the first one is Mamma Mia, which is one of my all-time favorite musicals, and it's basically about the main character she invites three men to her wedding hoping to find out which one is her father and I love the location because it's filmed in Greece and it's so beautiful and it's just a really relaxed vibe that has the movie and the soundtrack is also amazing because it's all ABBA and I think it's a super fun movie and really lighthearted and I love how Meryl Streep is in it, and she plays a very different type of role from her other movies because she usually plays really serious roles, but this one is, like, a lot more lighthearted. And there's also Amanda Seyfried in this. And then the next musical is La La Land. So this came out a few years ago, and it's basically a love story between 
two characters who decide that they want to pursue what they want in life. So the female wants to produce, um, she wants to go after being an actress and the male lead wants to own a restaurant. And the soundtrack is like really good in my opinion. I love the song City of Stars and the set is also really beautiful and it's a very, even though it's new, it kind of feels like class, like it's kind of like emulated from a classic type of movie. And it also has Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and I really love them as actors and, act, and an actress. And the next musical is Grease. So the plot of this is basically a summer romance between two characters, but they want to see if it'll survive during the school year. And this is a super old movie. I think it's from the 1960s. And it has John Travolta, who I love. And it's just a super fun old movie. And the songs are also so fun. Like, I love the song Summer Nights and the other song, You're the One That I Want. And then the last category for this segment is sci-fi. So one of my favorite sci-fi movies are... Okay, and another disclaimer is sci-fi. I really love dystopian type of movies. And these are all actually movies that I've actually read as books first. And yeah, so the fifth wave is... um, Basically, the plot of this is that there's five waves of ending the world. And this teen has to survive and protect her brother... And I read this as a book initially, and personally, I preferred the book, but the movie wasn't bad. And it was um, a dystopian concept, and I really like how, like, the concept. It seems very simple in my explanation, but in the movie, it's a lot more interesting. And then the next one is The Hunger Games, which is super popular. And this was my favorite book when I was younger for a really long time. I think I've watched the movie The Hunger Games, like, each one like three or four times I used to be obsessed with it and basically it's about a girl from this poor district in this dystopian society volunteers in place of her sister to fight in a battle to the death and one thing I really like is the concept and I think the movie is really well made and it in my opinion I actually prefer the movies over the books for the Hunger Games and I also love um the actor who play the actress who plays Katniss, who is Jennifer Lawrence, because I think she's such a good actress. And the final movie is Divergent. So this is basically about where in a dystopian society you must choose one of the five factions based on your dominant personality trait. And the heroine discovers that she is divergent, which means she doesn't fit into any of these factions, and she must keep this a secret because if people find out, she could potentially be killed. So I love the love story behind this movie, and I think it's also pretty well made. I personally like the books more, but I think the movie was also pretty good. So unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment. Please show your love for more segments by donating on btsya.org. Please keep listening for more as we interview Dr. Stadnik in the next segment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Dia Hitavali, and today's show revolves all around sci-fi and movies. In this segment, I will be interviewing Dr. Stadnik. Robert Stadnik is a science fiction writer, author of the Exodus Starship Adventure series and Exodus Universe novels. Originally from Southern California, Robert has lived in Phoenix, Arizona for over 20 years. He travels extensively for work here in the U.S. and internationally, meeting people from all walks of lives. In this book, Infinite Retribution, humanity is ready to extend its hand out into space after nearly a century of oppression. But what was to be a routine survey mission for the starship, infinity turns ominous as humanity's greatest enemy thought extinct is found on a remote planet. Check out his Twitter at rstadnik1. So, it's so nice to meet you, um, Dr. Stadnik. Welcome to Express Yourself. Thank you. It's very great to be here. It's good to be here. Okay, so the first question I have is, where did you first get the idea for Exodus Universe? Um, it was actually, oh my gosh, I hate to say this because it'll reveal my age, but it's been over 10 years. Um, I literally dreamt up the Exodus universe in a dream. Um, I uh, was working a full-time job at the time, and I just had a tr- dream one night, and it was just a simple dream. It was this massive starship exiting, uh, leaving Earth's uh, atmosphere, and heading off into deep space. And I woke up that morning, and I just had this whole idea of uh, of the Starship Adventure series in my uh, in my head. It was pretty much the premise of what happened if uh, humanity uh, was prevented from exploring the the stars, and that's what was the premise of the whole Exodus series initially. Was that um, you know constructing around the story about you know the common premise of that eventually humans would explore the solar system and deep space, but what happened if they were prevented from doing so? And that was the basic premise for the uh, story I came up with. And it came up with the uh, the Exodus series where I talked about the uh, Explore the Adventures of the Starship Phoenix. And it extended to a five book series. And off of that, it's extended off of, to companion novels, exploring the Exodus universe and really exploring uh, humanity's first steps into exploring interstellar space. Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like dreams are a really good way to get inspiration, especially if you're an author, because I feel like there's just so much like stuff going on in your subconscious while you're sleeping that it's just a really good place to get ideas. So that's really cool. So the next thing I was wondering is how did you begin building the world for the novel? Um, so I was fortunate. I'm fortunate. I'm one of those uh, writers that I don't have to do uh, a visual uh, a board. I don't have to do a, a storyboard. The story pops into my head. I know what's going to happen generally from start to middle to finish. So it's just a matter of getting it on paper and figuring out what happens with the specific situations in a particular novel. And that's where a lot of my uh, surprises come in is as I'm writing the book, even though I know generally what's going to happen as I'm writing the novel, I, you know, get surprised about specific situations with characters. I really get to learn about the, uh, some of the main characters and even uh, some of the secondary characters that I wind up might, taking a more prominent role in uh, later novels. And uh, I just, you know, go along with that and, uh, you know, develop these characters as I, uh, as I write the novel Um, with the Exodus series. Well, actually Exodus universe. Now I have um, a little red velvet book that um, I've compiled like little notes and everything like that. Because one of the things I figured out is that when you're writing a series, 
You got to keep continuity. You got to keep consistency with not only the characters, but also the technology and also the alien races, their cultures, their technology, their physical attributes. So I've kept this little red uh, velvet book on, uh, you know, with all my little notes and stuff. As I've uh, written the Exodus series and as I've written the Exodus universe novels to make sure I'm on, I'm on track with everything because the fans are the first people to call you out when you uh, have an inconsistency in something. So I've been really diligent in trying to make sure that I've been consistent with the Exodus uh, universe novel. But for me overall, it's been um, a very fluid uh, process um, as you know, as I've written each of the novels. Um, I kind of like pop ideas in my head and, um, or even, you know, have revelations about myself of that, about the novels that I put into the books that, uh, that I'm able to uh, put into the storyboards and stuff. So, uh, for me, it's been a very, for the most part, it's been a pretty seamless, easy process. Um, I think a big part of me having, uh, being able to travel so much, I have such a vivid imagination, so I'm always having these stories circulating in my head all the time, and it's just a matter of getting it down on paper for the readers to enjoy. Oh, wow. I think that's a really good process because it's, I feel like it's a lot more intuitive the way that you just write when, like, as you're kind of going along, and I think that makes it so that the story is a lot more, I guess, like, like, I don't know the word for it, but just like the story is kind of more creative that way. So I think that's a good strategy for writing. Yeah. And I think a big thing that sets my, I think my novels apart from other science fiction novels is that there's this term that's thrown out there is like you have science fiction and you have hard science fiction and hard science fiction really focuses on the technology and the futuristic tech of, of, uh, of a story or where the setting takes place. And even though you know I write science fiction and my story takes place in the future, um, my stories are very character driven. It's not so much about the technology that takes a backdrop to the story itself. It's about the characters. And I think I feel that because my stories are very character driven, um, the story itself, the stories themselves are a lot more organic because you're dealing with the people and not so much the technology of the time and place they're living in. Yeah, I think that's actually a good idea because I feel like that way the readers can form a more emotional bond to the characters because personally, like, I feel like when I'm reading a book, I care a lot more about the characters than the setting itself. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So do you um, do you keep an ongoing notebook with all the characters and etc. so that your books are cohesive? I absolutely do. I have to because um, one of the things I've realized about writing a series is that it's about consistency and especially writing about uh, the the Exodus series when I was talking about exploring the adventures of the Starship Phoenix, which had an initial crew of 5,000 people. That's a lot of characters, potential characters that you're talking about. And I realized that even though I couldn't explore all the characters living on that ship during the series, um, the main characters were going to have a lot of interaction with the secondary characters living on that ship. So I quickly realized that I need to keep track of everybody. So even if I had something, uh, a scene where, you know, it was a character of a character that was in passing, didn't even have a speaking part or anything. I had to keep track of that because for one reason or the other, they could come back later on uh, in a novel. Um, I'll give a, a perfect example. I had a botanist living on the uh, Phoenix, and uh, she was a secondary character. She remained to be a secondary character, but by the uh, fourth novel in the series, you know, uh, she became a pr- she had a prominent role. Uh, her situation into the series and how it affected the main characters. So I realized that when you're writing a series. You know, the main characters are supported by the secondary characters and, you know, you need to have a good track of all of that 
in order to keep the uh, the story organic and keep the uh, the story flowing. Uh, same thing, even though my my uh, my stories are not hard science fiction, you still need to be able to keep track. I had to keep track of the technologies and the uh, and the alien cultures, so that way, again, it kept the story fluid and 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 organic. So another perfect example, one of the alien races I introduced in my series, the Semfo three foot tall uh, aliens that always wear hats. That's an important component that I had to make sure that I maintained throughout the series because it became a very important component when I wrote Infinite Retribution, the offshoot to the Exodus series because the Semfo uh, partook in a, a prominent role there. So it's very important when writing a series. And I didn't realize this as being, uh, you know, as I wrote the series that you really need to keep track of all of this stuff. Um, in order to construct a very cohesive and a very uh, stable and uh, universal uh, universe that I was constructing. Yeah, that's very true. I think that if there, especially since there are like 5,000 characters that you mentioned, it's it makes sense because it's hard to remember each one. And it does make sense because I feel like as a reader, too, that when a book is inconsistent like when a character who you expect to be um like trustworthy suddenly like does something against their character it kind of throws the reader off guard and be like wait why did that happen so i think that's a really good strategy so i also saw that i saw your books on amazon so i was wondering are there any other places you sell your books like any other places online or in bookstores um, I'm really pushing, trying to get the books out to independent bookstores, independent bookshops. Um, I've been working with a great outfit, uh, Books Fluent and Books Forward, to really spread my books around. So that way it's not a one-place uh, stop only for Amazon to buy my books, that you can look at other avenues. Because I've had the fortune to speak with some independent uh, bookstores who've uh, interviewed me and, and um, asked me about my novels and my writing and things like that. So, um, so I tell people, you know, type either my name in or type in the name of one of my novels and see where they pop out, up at because I've had the fortune that, you know, with the, um, with the work I've been doing with, uh, with uh, Books Fluent and Books Forward, that, um, you know, there, there's opportunities of multiple outlets where you can uh, find my novels at. Yeah, I think that's very important because, yeah, that, that makes sense. The more that, like, your books are in different places, the more um, the more recognition it'll get. So that makes sense. So since your books are series, do you envision them becoming movies, or is that a future goal of yours? That's always been a future goal of mine. I would love, I can completely envision the Exodus series, becoming a television series uh, either on Netflix or Hulu or one of the streaming services. Um, that is my ultimate goal. I would absolutely love to see my novels portrayed in the series. Um, I can't, <laughs> I can honestly say that they wouldn't work as a movie because a movie is an encapsulated storyline. And I have so much going on in the series, so many different storylines and whatnot that I think a series would do very good justice for it. Um, and I will tell you now that um, I've been working on a novel, a spy novel, but last week I had yet another dream and it was back into the Exodus series. And it's actually now um, with more exploration of the characters, unknown characters during Phoenix's initial mission uh, in the Exodus series, I actually dreamt of, some several short stories uh, about some of these other characters that uh, were unnamed in the Exodus series. And I'm starting to do some drafts now, and I'm thinking um, I'm compiling a novel that may be a compilation of short stories about some of these characters who weren't mentioned in the Exodus series, but who are living on the starship during the initial screen mission. Because I think that, you know, there's a lot of stories to be told there. There's a lot of uh, stories to be told about characters, not only military uh, officers, but a lot of civilian uh, 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 personnel who are living on Phoenix. There's a lot of stories to be told there, and I would really like the uh, idea of being able to explore, especially with the civilian uh, characters, you know, what their thought processes are living on essentially a military starship, 
you know, on a mission to seek out humanity's greatest enemy, you know, I really feel compelled and I always feel like I'm driven towards what my mind tells me. My mind dictates to me what I have to write about. I can't control what I write. My mind tells me what I need to write about and I have to roll with it from there. So I'm, you know, right now I'm kind of working on a draft with a, a compilation of short stories about Phoenix's first uh, uh, initial mission with the screen with the various different characters that I wasn't able to explore in the main series. Yeah, I think that that's um, the short stories are really exciting and that's really, um, that's a really exciting thing. So um, so you mentioned that a lot of your ideas come from dreams. So what do you think launches your dreams to continue the characters or series? Um, I think for me, my dreams are really fueled by my, uh, my travels. Um, I've had the fortune in my, uh, you know, in my life that I've been able to travel extensively. I've been all over the world. I've traveled to over 40 plus states here in this country. I've been able to meet people from different avenues of life, and I really think that fuels my imagination. And I really think, um, you know, those encounters, my experiences, my adventures, as I call them, really fuels, um, you know, my mind and creates the dreams that um, I come up with uh, for the Exodus series. I always said that, um, you know, when people ask me about my novels, you can find, well, people who know me really well, they can find a lot of um, my personal life in these novels. Even though they're science fiction, I really embed these novels with a lot of situations, a lot of experiences that have gone on in my personal life, whether it's meeting people um, in different states and cities or things going on in my personal life, they wind up in, um, embedded in my novels. And I will say that um, you know the fifth novel in the Exodus series, Fracture Alliance, that was fueled pretty exclusively from the passing of my father because the Exodus series, I was gonna, I wrote four books in it and it was gonna be the end of that. Um, I lost my father and then um, I wound up writing a fifth novel in the Exodus series and it was really fueled by, um, you know, by losing him. And I, it was really, I used it a lot as a platform as therapy for myself to be able to process losing him. And I used, you know, my, my imagination and my writing to be able to process his loss. So I've used that with um, all my other novels in some respects or whatever. It's kind of a little bit of a therapy for me to, to kind of uh, deal with, you know, things I encountered in my personal life. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, by the way, I'm sorry for your loss. And um, sec second of all, I think that um, it makes sense that like travel is a really great way to get inspiration for and become like a lot more creative. So I was just wondering, like, what was the fav your favorite place you've traveled at? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's such a loaded question. Um, I gotta say, well, on the offshoot, I'm gonna say Hawaii, not and not because it's Hawaii, but uh, my favorite place to visit uh, was the Big Island on the Kona side of Hawaii. I just met so many remarkable people there, and um, and I had the opportunity to go there several times when the Ironman Triathlon was going on in October, and I was just amazed watching the people. Um, they would be training at 8, 9, 10 p.m., and then even 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning, they'd be bicycling or running. And I was just amazed how dedicated they were to their craft. I mean, they were really committed to this triathlon. And it just amazed me that um, they would be training at all hours of the day and night. And on top of that, I just met a lot of remarkable people um, in Hawaii, not just on the big island, but the other islands, but Kona holds a special place in my heart because I've had so many remarkable uh, experiences there. Um, gosh, I mean, there are other places I absolutely love. I guess the second place I'm going to say that I absolutely love, and people will probably think that this is odd, is San Antonio, Texas. I just love San Antonio, and I was fortunate that I had, you know, I had a coworker. We became friends. She introduced me to her friends. And every time I go out there, it's just a big gathering of all of us together. Um, they take us, you know, they would take me around downtown and other areas. 
and it's just a great um, festive atmosphere and just get to meet all their different friends from different walks of life. Um, I think San Antonio is one of those places where not only for me, it's a remarkable place to go and visit, but the people there are just so remarkable. And and a lot of my friends are kind of chuckled. They're, they're like San Antonio. They think that, well, Houston and Dallas are more prominent or more of a popular place to go. But for me, San Antonio, every time I go there, it's just a remarkable place to go. Yeah, I I agree. I love Hawaii. And also, I went to San Antonio for a day, and I thought that was a really nice place as well. So, yeah, it kind of sounds that you really like the people and, like, it's that's what draws you to the place. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so has live has living in Arizona influenced your writing at all due to the strong UFO community there? Oh yeah, it has. Um, you know, I grew up in Orange County, California, and the the sad part about living in Southern California is you have the um, light pollution in the air. So you don't really get to see the stars. It's just kind of a blank slate up in the sky. And my brother and I, we had a water, there was a water tower that was behind the, um, um, the house that we lived in. It was up on the hill and we used to go up there all the time and just lay down, stare up in the sky, but couldn't really see much up there because, um, the, the, the night sky was all bleached out from the, uh, stars, but in Phoenix, you know, and people, even though it's quote unquote, a big, a big city, it's nowhere near the level of Southern California. So you could still see the stars and whatnot. And, you know, Phoenix is, you know, very famous for different UFO sightings and whatnot. And that has been a big uh, influence on me. I've been, you know, I've seen just even driving down the city, I would see occasionally, you know, a shooting star and just something simple as that kind of fuels your imagination. Cause I would sit there and wonder, gosh, you know, could that be a ship? Could that just be maybe a star or something, or maybe a meteor that hit a ship? You know, with my imagination, I'm always wondering all these uh, possibilities and whatnot. And the nice part about being in central Phoenix is that there are several uh, uh, hiking trails that you can go to and just kind of hike up on the mountains and stuff. And you're still in the middle of the city and you get a great view of not only the city landscape and the, uh, the, the the lights of the city, but you still get a good view, uh, good view of the stars, and that really, for me, it's really fueled my imagination of you know what's out there and you know whatever is out there, what they might be thinking about us as humans and you know people living on this planet and whatnot. So yeah, Phoenix has definitely been a a, a great positive uh, impact for me in my imagination. Yeah, that's. Um... That makes sense, actually. So we have time for one more question. So how do your books make sci-fi more inclusive, especially for the LGBTQ plus community? Um, so one of the things with my novels, people have always asked me, you know, with my main characters, how do you decide their, you know, a basic premise. How do you decide if a main character is going to be a man or a woman? if they're going to be gay or straight or um, binary or transgender, my response is I don't. I just go with what my mind tells me. Um, you know, uh, you know, in the Exodus series, you know, John Roberts is a male. It just, that's what my mind told me. You know, Julie Olson was his executive officer. That's what just my mind told me. And then in the second, uh, in the second uh, novel, uh, Phoenix uh, Among the Stars, as I introduced more main characters, I had to introduce, I introduced uh, a character who was the most famous uh, singer of uh, the 22nd century. Happened to be a drag queen performer. I have no explanation as why that needed to be that way. My mind dictated that. Um, in Infinite Retribution, the captain of the Infinity, you know, she's a woman um, and her, her executive officer is a, is a man. And uh, my mindset of the future is that um, we've gotten past the point of labels. So, you know, now in our society, we need to be able to identify people who are gay, straight, transgender, binary, trinary, whatnot, because we need that right now. So that way the population is aware of, yes, those types of people exist in the society and they have value. They have just as much importance as anybody else. But in my novels in the future, 
those needs for those labels have gone past because in my future, it's people are people. Doesn't matter what sort of lifestyle they live, who they are or whatnot. People are people and the need for identification such as that has gone by the wayside. So even though some of my characters uh, may, be, uh, may be gay, I don't outwardly um, express that because it's not important in my novels anymore because you know, people are all equal. It's what their accomplishments, what they've done for themselves, how they treat other, uh, in, in other individuals. That's what's important. And it's not what, you know, um, you know, their sexuality is no longer uh, uh, an importance because everybody, no matter their sexuality or their lifestyle, they're all kind of treated the same. It's their accomplishments. That's what matters. Yeah, I think that's a really great message. So Thank you so much for your interview. Um, and yes, that's a great ending. All people are equal. So uh, unfortunately, we are out of time for the segment, but I absolutely loved your conversation today. Please be sure to check out Dr. Stadnik's book, Infinite Retribution. And you can visit his website at www.robertstadnik.com. Be sure to also check out his Twitter at rstadnik1 and keep listening for more as I continue our conversation about sci-fi and movies in the next segment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about science fiction and movies. I'm going to be reviewing more of my favorite movies in the segment within the genres of romantic dramas, classic movies, Disney movies, and action movies. So starting off with romantic dramas, this is always a really good option if you really want to cry. So Dear John is um, a movie that's basically about a soldier who meets this college student during, like, they have a summer fling, but then he goes away to war for seven years, and they keep in touch through love letters. And this movie is just really simple, but it was, like, the saddest movie I've ever watched. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but I think I cried three times while watching it the first time. So it has um, Amanda Seyfried, who's already been mentioned in a lot of movies, but... And also Shannon Tatum. And it's just a very sad and simple story. And also um, bonus points because the movie's name is the same as the Taylor Swift song. And then the next movie is The Titanic. So this is a movie that everyone knows and most people love it. So it's about a magnificent ship that has a crash. And in the few days before that, a wealthy but depressed young woman falls in love with a poor boy. And it has Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, who I love those actors. And Celine Dion's song, My Heart Will Go On, is also in it. So that's another reason why I love the movie so much. And it's a really sad and classic movie, but it is three hours long, which I don't really know why it had to be so long. But 
Yeah, and then the last one in this category is The Notebook. So this is a very classic, sad romance, but um, it basically is this poor guy falls in love with a rich girl in a summer fling. And when he goes to fight off in World War II, their love affair seems to have an end, but it actually doesn't. And it has Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. And uh, I think Rachel McAdams is a really good actress, so I love her. And this is a really sad but cute movie, and yeah. So now moving on to classic movies. The first one is Gladiator, which I actually just watched about a week ago, but it was a really like inspiring story that I can't believe it actually happened. So it's about it takes place in the Roman times. So a general was forced to become a gladiator, and which is basically a soldier who has to fight to the death. And he becomes really popular in the arena because he's such a good, skilled soldier that he survives against all odds. And he actually becomes so powerful that he threatens the throne of the evil emperor who is just really power-hungry. So it's just crazy to me how he was basically like gladiator, which is like the lowest part of Roman society. And then he's so powerful, even in that hard position, that he is more powerful than the emperor himself. And this is a really good lesson about how being a good and moral person prevails, and I just thought it was a really cool movie. So the next one is Forrest Gump, and it's partly based on a true story, and it's about a man who has autism, and he ends up becoming super rich and successful throughout his life. So it's just really unique, I thought, and it also just shows, like, such a simple man who's so innocent and good and also this movie was really sad too because I cried during this as well but I love this movie and then the next one is Breakfast at Tiffany's so this is from um 1960s super old and it has Audrey Hepburn which um who I love so much and it's basically about a stylish woman in New York City falls for a young writer when she's looking for a rich man to marry um, and I mainly like it for the aesthetic and the glamour, just how glamorous Audrey Hepburn is and New York during that time period. The plot is just like, to me, I didn't really understand the movie actually at all when it was going on. Like when I was watching it, I just really loved how like the aesthetics of the scenes looked. So now moving on to Disney. I have a lot in this category because I, I love Disney stuff. So the first is High School Musical. And... Between, like, the first, second, and third movie, I think I've watched each one, like, like seven or eight times. So I have watched this a lot because it's, like, my comfort my comfort movies when I was, like, in middle school. So I think um, it's basically about these two high school sweethearts who try to branch out of their usual activities and act in a play. And, um, and also, I think that Sharpay was, like, my favorite character because she... I don't know. I just thought she was, like, a really strong, like, confident woman who I feel like wasn't properly portrayed in the movie. And it has, like, three of my favorite actors when I was younger, which was um, Zac Efron and um, Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Tisdale. So I really loved them when I was younger. And then Mulan is a really great animated movie. So... Um, I love Mulan because she's like a feminist icon and she basically in order to save her father she takes her father's place in the war disguises herself as a man to fight and it's just a really strong female lead and I think it's really funny and entertaining with the, the her dragon pet Mushu is really cute too and I also love the songs uh, the next one is Aladdin and it's basically Aladdin is this poor um, peasant and then Jasmine is the rich princess and they team up to save her kingdom and I like it because it's like South Asian representation kind of so yeah and I also love the lovable characters of Aladdin and the tiger and the genie they're all like really adorable characters and uh, I think it's just a really fun movie so now I have the princess diaries which um, has Anne Hathaway and Julia Andrews, and it's basically about a geeky girl who finds out she's a real-life princess and has to adjust to this life, and 
this was actually like a favorite movie when I was like younger, but I think it's just a super cute movie overall. So yeah. And then this is like, I keep saying each one of these is my favorite when I was younger, but they all were. So Princess Protection Program, I think I watched this like 10 times at least. <laughs> Starting like when I was in second grade, but it has Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato. And it's basically a young princess is relocated into rural Wisconsin, where she learns to act like a normal teen. So this is also super lovable and just a really lighthearted movie. And then the last category today are action movies. So the first one is Spider-Man Homecoming. So it basically is about a really a, a relatable teen, Peter Parker, needs to put his Spider-Man powers to the test. And I just thought it was super funny. And I also love the Sunflower song that's in it. And it also has um, Zendaya and Tom Holland, who are really funny actors. And then I have Black Panther. So this is the main character has to take his place as king. And it has an amazing soundtrack, which was my favorite part of it. And the plot and the set, everything was just really great. And this... The soundtrack is, like, by my favorite, Kendrick Lamar and SCA. So that's why I love it so much. And then, finally, there's Wonder Woman. So I like this one because it's, um, a, like, another, like, feminist movie. So it has Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. And it's basically about um, this girl who's raised as Princess of the Amazon, and she must save the day. And when I watched it, I just thought it was so cool because... She was just, like, able to fight so well that I thought it was really fun to watch. And, and the cinematography of the show is so cool, and I love the actress. So, unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Slot Productions, Cynthia Bryant, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Science fiction will never run out of things to wonder about until the human race ceases to use its brain. Hope you get to watch some great movies and escape into fiction and fantasy. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself go